to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Glory. Welcome, guys. Welcome back to the cloud chariot of our father's throne. Amen. It's good to be here. Bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to start out with Romans 12, 12 from the Amplified. We constantly rejoice in hope because of our confidence in Christ, steadfast and patient in distress, devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. So, what is prayer? Learning how to speak with your soul, the will, and the Word of God. So, the only way we can pray is if we know the Word. This is one of the foundational things in becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ is only praying the word. When you read the word, you become familiar with the will. And what is the will? I tell you the truth. It's to glorify the Father. The will of every Christian must be Jesus Christ within them, the Father's glory. So the will of God is always to elevate and glorify the Father. This is Romans 5, 2. Through our faith, Christ has brought us into the blessing of God's grace that we now enjoy. And we are very happy because of the hope we have of sharing God's glory. Now, the Bible says God is light. So what does that mean? God is glory. The connection to the glory is the new covenant. It's the old covenant too, but in the new covenant, we have the Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It is a much firmer connection. It's a connection based on the works of Jesus Christ that we put our faith in and then also begin to do. Jesus Christ, the Messiah said in John 14, 12, you'll do the same works as me and even greater works because I am going to my father. Therefore, we must prepare our hearts, our minds, our bodies to do the works of Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, we idolatrize the full-time ministry position as that's what the works of Christ are. That's not biblical. That's not true. Remember, 11 out of the 12 tribes of Israel in the Bible were all marketplace. Guys, that's over 90% of the works of the will of God for God's people are in business. It's less than 10% that are in the full-time priesthood, the tribe of Aaron, the tribe of Levi, of the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's 12 tribes at the end of the book. There's 12 tribes in the beginning of the book. From Genesis to Revelation, it's a story of tribalism. And what does it mean to be of the tribes of Israel? It means to be circumcised of heart, mind, emotions, feelings, and will to glorify the Father. And we can only do that by knowing his word. Therefore, we study to show ourselves approved. Approved of what? A workman. What is written? A workman. A worker. I know we got all this hyper grace around here. It says, oh, I don't need to do any works. Jesus did all the works and we become a bunch of, bunch of lazy slobs. It's the opposite of that. Jesus said, you're going to do more works and greater works. John 14, 12. You're going to do the works of my glory. When he was transfigured, he went up and ascended on high to the right hand of God's throne. How many of y'all know that your internal transformation, the renewing of your mind, that Romans 12.2 transfiguration, Greek word metamorphosis, is done in the midst of the peoples, in the midst of the nations. Jesus ascended. He did not transfigure in front of the nations. You and I are called to transfigure in front of the nations. As it's written, all creation, that means nature, the natural realm, longs to see God's sons revealed. What does it mean to be revealed? It means to be transfigured by the glory of the Father, by a people that know how to magnify the glory. Amen. You're going to be trans-relocated, right? That is the soul, whoo, the soul geocoding, whoo. 
It is the moving from a written address on your card-carrying Christian member certificate, your birthright paper, written explanation of where heaven is and where your inheritance is, and geocoding your soul, right? What is geocoding? It's where they take the physical address and it converts it to latitude and longitude in degrees of, in this case, glory. So what's written on your certificate at rebirth when you're born again, as you grow in Christ, you are going to be trans-relocated in your soul in your souls, where it is written, I will give you a new heart, into that location of yad Hey vav Hey. Where is heavenly Jerusalem? Where is your inheritance in the second heavens, bridging the gap between the first and the third heavens? It's time for the second heavens to no longer be occupied by the opposition. It's time for the sword of righteousness. For your Lord is a sun and a shield. That's a sword and a shield. The pruning hook is for the nations. But for those worthless fallen angels of whom there is no forgiveness, for them there is no forgiveness. It is written in the book of Enoch. He will wet his lightning sword, his blade, and the heavens will drip with demon blood, will drip with fallen angel blood. But for you, the sons of God, those who are repenting, those who receive salvation, there is forgiveness of sins. And in the Amplified Classic Version in the New Testament, you'll see it again and again. The forgiveness of sins and the, rem the remittance of sins and their penalty. So the penalty is remitted. The penalty, the punishment of that judgment that was due to you for your sins is remitted, which means you are saved from that judgment. You are saved from that penalty. But if you find yourself in a fallen angel court system, they insist that you deserve the penalty for your sins where God is speaking forgiveness and redemption from your sins. So come to the fountain of life, the fountain of righteousness surrounded by many fountains of wisdom to protect righteousness and to protect wisdom and live inside of that location of yad He vav He, inside of righteousness, inside of the sapphire stones inside of the city gates of the city of peace, Jerusalem, where you will find forgiveness of sins and the remittance of that penalty that was associated with that sin. This is a wonderful passage of scripture. The apostle Paul says, in the kingdom we will shine as stars. So you'll find the entire goal of all of heaven, the ministering angels sent to help you inherit salvation, the purposes of the Holy Spirit who birthed you, who rebirthed you, who recreated you, a new creature in Christ, born of the Spirit, born of the water. The whole purpose of all of it is to learn how to live in the Shekinah glory, to learn how to live in the atmosphere of faith, hope, and love, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, the kingdom of heaven, and learning how to serve the Father as a faithful son and daughter. I want to read this verse to you. This is a mind-blowing Verse in the voice translation, Romans 8.11. If the spirit of the one who resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside of you, then you can be sure that he who raised him will cast the light of life into your mortal bodies through the life-giving power of the spirit residing in you. What does the Bible say? He will cast the resurrection light into your bodies. What is the receiving of the ministry from the office of the inspired preacher, which is prophet? This is a prophetic office. Therefore, we bring forth inspired preaching. If you study what prophet means in the New Testament, it means inspired 
preacher, the inspiration of the word. What is inspired preaching and what's its purpose? Why are we tuning in to receive ministry today? What's the function of all this stuff in Christianity? A lot of people don't understand why we do these things. It might even become a tradition or a ritual to some of them. But the Bible says in Romans 8.11, it is to receive the casting of light. (laughs) You've heard of spell casting. That's the casting of darkness. How about the casting of light, Shekinah, glory, God's word. Preaching and teaching is a sower sowing seed for the potential possibility of your heart's shining brighter every single day meaning if a person is constantly receptive of what the father is speaking through the office of his prophets as it's written you cannot follow god unless you follow his prophets there's not one example from genesis to revelation this was truly the success in my life as he had me follow the kansas city prophets for decades and learn their ministry, receive their inspiration, receive their wisdom. And so the prophets build upon the prophets. It's a baton like Elijah to Elisha. The mantle is passed down, guys. And there is a promise in this generation, a generation of the last of the prophets. It's true because the prophet office and the works of the prophets are completed when God's people live on the sapphire stones. When we begin to elevate and revelate and go up the ladder and go up the stairway and learn how to live in heaven, the prophet has done its job. Therefore, the people have received the inspiration. They have received the inspired word. Now, what is an inspired word? It's a word from God full of Shekinah glory. One person will bear forth its fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, Jesus Christ said, which would mean it would be different degrees of light. And the angels come and they measure the degrees of light in the believer's hearts. Okay, There's holy angels that are set with measuring rods to see how much productivity, fruitfulness, the father is a vine dresser. What is he doing? He's, He's counting the measurement of himself produced by the word. How are you saved? You have received God's word. First John says you are saved by being born of God's incorruptible word. And his word, he literally says there, is his DNA, his genetics. So since we know God is light, the more you are able to digest the word, not just into your head, not just for self-promotion because now the human soul knows something. It's not about that kind of knowledge. It's about the spiritual stomach, digesting into your innermost being your spirit man has to receive it which means you have to lose control in your five natural senses if it can't bypass your head it can never get into your heart right and that head realm it's just full of thinking wrong ways of thinking a lot of times the believers they're defending and trying to preserve their version of christianity and you have to just accept the fact that you're completely wrong about pretty much everything And that can be a lot, especially if you've prided yourself in being powerful and working in signs and wonders and healing and, you know, all these different things uh, that people begin to step into. That can be the most difficult transition into the kingdom age is I've got to get out of my brain and my head and all those gifts of the spirit that I've been using as a baby Christian, a technon Christian, I've got to sacrifice to live in the river and that river of eternal life is the holy ghost and obedience to the river of elijah the spirit of elijah is what brings you into that inner core of the temple of malkut the kingdom of holiness within you so your ascension upward is essentially an inward progression higher is more inward So Jesus Christ said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What kind of truth sets free? The truth that is God's light. Amen. So real truth, true truth (laughs) is true light. And if the light is not there, there's no potential for freedom. That's why a person can listen to all kinds of things from scripture that sound true but not enjoy the glorious freedom of the sons of God because they haven't learned to digest light. Check out this verse. 
Luke 11.36 in the Passion Translation, If your spirit burns with light, fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, you will be a shining lamp reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. You'll be reflecting rays, beams, tiferets of truth. This is real truth, the truth that shines. This is real love, love that shines, the radiance of God's word. This is a person that's studying. This is a person that's engaging in scripture, engaging in Torah, traversing the Torah, learning how to ascend in rays of light. I'll tell you a mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Angels move in light rays. They move in the, the rays of the light from the very stations of the luminaries that they're stationed on according to God's will. Guys, when you become the angel-like sons of God, you've learned to, to live and move inside beams of light. Beams of light from your heart. But it comes down through the sapphire stones. So you become more acquainted how to move in light. You are the children of light. Therefore, walk in the light. As it's written, God is light. Therefore, we learn to walk in God. We learn to fly in God. We learn to translate in God. We learn how to trans-relocate and to move and fly in God by learning how to cooperate with the word of His light in those beams. They shine forth with no shadows whatsoever. And those are the beams of Malachi that are the healing of the nations. So what is the manifestation that creation nature longs for? A people that move in God's beams of light. Amen. You can speak those beams of light. I was seeing some of you at work and you may lack the revelation that when you're at work, you can move in those beams of light like Prince Uriel, Archangel of God Most High of Yarevafe, gliding down through the heavens on a beam of sunlight. What is the light that you are going to traverse? It's the word. So some of you, you just need to close your mouth a little bit at work. Because when you're speaking, it's words. I want you to imagine a computer program running a video game. For those of you who are into programming or coding, you'll understand this. And even if you're not, this is very simple. What is most of the computers, aside from the quantum computers, regular computers that everyone uses in every business every day, run on bits, right? Ones and zeros. If you were to translate it, it looks like, you know, that matrix code of all the zeros and the ones in different order that gives the program the information to input and create and you can visualize Here's a warrior going through a field of grass and there's an enemy over here and there's a rainbow over here and there's a cloud in the sky, right? When you're living in this dimension, everything going on around you is made up of letters. It's made up of words. Those are essentially the bits of the matrix that you live in right now, which is the world of Asaya. The matrix that we're on right now is compared to ones and zeros bits of the old world, the old way, versus the quantum computing where there's, instead of one and zero, there's at least, you know, the superposition, we'll call it, we'll just say four, uh, just to make it simple, where if everything in all its complexity now is only with two options, ones and zeros, good and evil, right? Good, this one is good, this one no good. Right, I, I had an Albanian lady work for me one time, the only translator in the whole city was her daughter. She spoke almost zero English. The only thing she could hardly say was, this one good, this one no good. Me, I'm okay, I'm okay. I had to, We had to uphold quality standards of cleanliness with this one good, this one no good. Me, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. All right, so that takes some patience, right? You know, fruittesting.com, you know, sign yourself up today. <laughs> But it's so funny, and I, I, this precious, precious woman was so funny. She gave me so many problems, uh, but it really refined me, and it brought so much joy to my life. Even her mistakes were so comical. It would bring joy to my life, and it's a lot of laughter, and laughter is medicine. Amen. So understand, when you're at your workplace, imagine the computer program that you're living in, if it's all ones and zeros, the knowledge of good and evil, 
everything that you're speaking, everything that people around you are speaking, have a source. There are only two sources in the world of Isaiah from which people could possibly be speaking from. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or the tree of life. And in that sense, we're going to be speaking in the church age understanding, for your understanding, of the tree of Satan as a spirit, or the tree of yad heh as a tree of life, which, as we know, is in union with Shekinah. Amen. So when you go to work and you want to ride on a beam of sunlight effortlessly, gracefully through the day, instead of stumbling over words, your words, others' words, making mistakes, having mental anxiety, dis-ease, lack of peace. Speak what the beam of the ray of sunlight is speaking. That's a living word. So as soon as you open your mouth and speak that word, you hop onto that ray of sunlight and you beam right through the matrix of the world that you're living in right now. Not hypothetically, 15 years from now when you're walking your destiny. Here's a wake-up call. You're walking in your destiny right now. Your destiny right now is what you're walking in, and you don't know it, most of you. Early on in the making of your destiny, I feel fire now. No one really knows that they're in it. You're making decisions for what destiny you're going to walk in. There's the higher calling which is you agreeing with the word of God. The issue where many people are at right now is no matter how much we teach you here, no matter how many worlds we've ascended, why are you stuck? This isn't to condemn you. This is to help you shake loose the dust. When we speak a word, when that ray of sunlight comes down, beaming with correction in his beams, the healing is correction Rebuke, discipline, instruction, encouragement, and love. Where is that word going to go? Every word needs parchment. Every word needs parchment to be written on. But when that word is coming, and it's a living letter, and lo and behold, there's a different letter in its place. Guess where that word has to land from God? Nowhere. That's the problem. Right here in your brain. Your ideas, thoughts, the things that you viciously defend in the mind. That this is this and that in my destiny. And all these ideas... Those are the letters of the sorcery of Balaam, Balaam. Red magic, sorcery, black and white, Johnnies and Jambres. Balaam, Laban. And they've got you working overtime without any of the benefits of your inheritance. Because when the word of God comes graciously to land in you, to get you walking in the new creature, the new creation. And you're still over here in the bits and the ones and the zeros. Good and evil, good and evil, black and white, good or bad. And this is where many people are at right now. You have to remove those letters. What letters did Balaam use for sorcery against who? The people of God. This is, this is applying to you. You might say, oh, I'm not in sorcery. Listen, there are sorceries already using their perverted letters on you. The perversion of the letters, they're like a mutation. They take and they steal from the word of God. And they use these letter combinations of the actual letters of creation to work magic spells on all believers. So if you want to come out of that matrix, it doesn't matter who you are or who you know or if they know who you are. It's not about any of that. Get your ego out of it. 
It's about shaking loose the old letter, the dead letters of the sorcerers that are in you, your brains. Those of you learning righteousness right now, that's you. You got to shake them loose. The deception they have attached to them makes it appear as something that you should defend. And then that's your right, your inheritance, your blah, 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 blah. All the while you're clinging to a dead letter. And these are letters that have been spoken by sorcerers in high places backed by principalities all the way up 10 worlds for your enslavement. So if you want to receive all the words of the masterclass, the reason why some of you have gone through the masterclass, what's the evidence that you have completed the freshman masterclass? You've been crowned in the world of Isaiah with the engravings of Yadavavhe, the lightning crown. If you've gone through the masterclass and you're still somewhere in the world of Isaiah, you have not completed the class. If you're still on Malkut, and I would say even if you haven't gone up to Keter, I recommend School of the Magi. Remember, the words are already there to set you free. But if you've got something else that you're guarding and protecting that's not from God, and many of you do, don't be offended by it. Just shake it loose. I don't need that anymore. It takes a humbling of the ego and remove the holy angels. Anyone who's who's repenting at the sound of our voice tonight from these things, let angels, holy supernal creatures and angels be released to you to remove those false letters those letters of the sorcerers that way you'll have space make room for the glory make room for the word of god the living breathing radiating shekinah and tiferet glory letters to be written inside of you amen it works um i've gone through all of it myself and have ascended through these realms and having many experiences in the heavens and learn to live life with the angels over the earth and it's absolutely the truth it's not even as mystical as people think and it's not impossible the inner man is created for it you were created to be mountain climbers to you're born again for this purpose for this purpose you have come into the world to ascend to your father in heaven and what you're tested with every step of the way is, are there things of the world, the lower realm, that you love more than God? And that's idolatry. Idolatry is what keeps our hearts, our inner man, our soul, earthbound. And so the circumcisions only deal with idolatry. Uh, what are the poles of your heart? A lot of them are religious idols. Uh, man's traditions nullify the power of the word of God. They make God's word of no effect. It is written. Yeah, Remember how many people had ideas about what would have happened to us in the seventh world. You're going to be doing this and that and, da -da -da and floating around. And it's all idolatry and it's so sinful. Like it's not a bad thing to be flying around and levitating. But it just all the ideas that everyone had in their mind about what would happen to you in the seventh world was mainly just the sin of religious idolatry. You, you can study the first coming of Jesus Christ in the New Testament Bible. Only those that did not have preconceived notions of his first coming received him, which means only those that clung to the Holy Spirit. The ones that had theology and doctrine about it, they all missed him. They all condemned him. It's your thinking about God that condemns you. It's true. It's your ideas about God that keep you separated from him. God's a life-giving spirit. God is spirit. John 4, 24, those who worship God must be in the spirit and in the truth. So you have to be obedient to the word that the Holy Spirit gives, the spirit that inspired the prophets who wrote the scriptures. If you're not clung to that spirit, some external form, which is all idolatry, will separate you from his coming in the manifestation of his presence. And so the most common repentance of all the Christians in the world needs to be repentance from Christian traditions, Christian religions, and especially the stuff you think is not religious. I mean, I've been doing this full-time ministry thing for almost 20 years. They all come in and say, well, I'm not religious. 
And then they come in and they realize I'm very religious. If they stick around and get over the offense of all the religious pride of the knowledge from the fallen angels that have taught them Christianity, that pride that puffs up, that knowledge that puffs up, which means it separates a person by building up the ego instead of building up the spirit. When God's word comes forth, it always builds up Jesus Christ's very nature in your spirit. And it always is an increase of humility. Jesus Christ said, you're not going to know him by signs and wonders. The devil will come align signs and wonders, although we, we love signs and wonders. But Jesus Christ did say, you'll know them by the fruit. The greatest fruit you can produce is humility. Not always having to defend yourself and not out here in self-defense and self-promotion and, and uh, the soul putting all the things of God on it to look a certain way in front of others, respectable. Listen, guys, we need to be more undignified than this. There can be no self in the soul to be a real Christian. Our souls are infused with Christ the Anointed One. That's what makes us Christians. And Christ the Anointed One is only manifest through a people that believe the word that the Spirit is breathing today. If you follow the word that the Spirit breathed a week ago, you might not be walking with Him at all today. Right, because the false bride <laughs> is the one who is a whore that wears the makeup of the things of God applied to her externally even if she once walked with god and then has become a whore and is just applying like makeup that facade of the things of god and stolen light signs and wonders prophetic words healings miracles all kinds of stuff you know you that you could that you could imagine gold dust gemstones whatever it is an increasing measure the things of god but is lacking in what circumcisions right it's the uncircumcision that makes the whore the insertion of the sign of the covenant into the unclean thing, that's where the repentance needs to be. And the religion is the whoredom in the knowledge of good. So understanding that the repentance from that takes you out of the whore of Babylon, the false bride, into the true bride of Christ, which is outside of Jezebel's tower in the Holy Sephirot. Horror Babylon, guys, as we've taught you before, is outward Christianity, but their hearts are far from me, says the Lord. Growing is always growing in your heart closer to him. Listen to this verse, John 3.21 in the Amplified. But whoever practices truth and does what is right, morally, ethically, spiritually, comes to the light. And it's uppercase there. Comes to God as light so that his works may be plainly shown to be what they are, accomplished in God, divinely prompted, done with God's help in dependence of him. Those are the good works, the works of light. They can only be done by someone who's living close in the heart. So it's the heart that emits light, as it's written. Proceeding from the heart are the issues of life. Guard your heart, for from it proceed the issues of life. Of life, and we know that life is simply Shekinah light. So, what are you guarding your heart? All darkness that comes in the guise of light, angels of light that deceive, the apostles called them, because they're dealing with it in all their churches of people that are receiving false light into them the light of sorcery, the light of self righteousness, the light of religion, the light of the self nature being good instead of the Christ nature being an ever-increasing glory rising by dependence on the Word, by doing the works of the light of the Word. So the inner man does the works first. You need to see the working of the inner man. The outer man will follow the inner man that's inspired by the Word of God. And this is the fruit and fruit that lasts. What is fruit and fruit that lasts? Works that keep producing fruit throughout the eternities. Not a work that has a one-time harvest, but a work that's like a, a perennial. It's not just an annual. It's not something you've got to replant every single season. It's constantly bearing fruit. This is what the tree of life is. It's the ever-increasing fruit, ever fruitfulness of the tree of life through a soul that's consecrated by doing the works of the Word of God. Amen. And it's not just expecting that fruit once a year or a few times a year, but it's written in the word of God that God expects that plant to bear fruit, unique fruit every single month. 
has a special fruit bearing. There's a monthly harvest of righteousness. So how do you know that you're still not walking in true righteousness? You still have winters of barrenness. You are not yet an evergreen tree. When you step into the 14 trees evergreen of the book of Enoch, there is no winter that can take away the greenness of the foliage of that plant. And don't just think fir and spruce, although those are beautiful evergreen trees. And we're nearing the Christmas time, so that's fine to go ahead and get you a really nice one for your home. But there are types of olive plants that are considered evergreen. What is that an allusion to? And not illusion, I-L-L, but allusion, A-L-L, allusion, to Christ, the olive tree, 33 degree olive tree of life, constant bearing of fruit, growing up like a tender shoot higher and higher into supernal realms so concealed even the eyes of the angels have not seen and their ears have not heard what God has in store in those realms. So I want you to understand how creation is set up. Hebrews 1.1, he created the worlds and arranged them in order. The worlds are nature below, angels in the middle, and God over the angels, okay? So when a man and woman were created by God, filled with God, God's own spirit, his Ruach HaKadosh, in the Genesis account of the Garden of Eden, it was a dominion over the angels. Do you guys know the fallen angels are fallen because they would not serve God inside a man and a woman? That's the Antichrist. It will not serve the Mashiach, the Creator, the Messiah, inside men and women. It doesn't acknowledge that Christ has come in the flesh. He's in every believer's flesh. That's why we uh, submit to one another out of reverence for the Messiah. Why? Because the Messiah lives in jars of clay. The Antichrist, which is the religious spirit, does not acknowledge and does not bow to God inside human bodies. <laughs> and it still treats people as mere human and sinners and rubbish instead of the precious containers like the Ark of the Covenant. How much greater is a human body filled with the Christ than the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament? Amen. You can tell how deceived a person is today by them valuing more the Ark of the Covenant of the Old Testament than the Ark of the Covenant of the New Testament, which is the believer's flesh. And your flesh is this ark of God's very spirit. You're the temples of the Holy Spirit who's in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it is written, which means this is invaluable. There is nothing more precious than being a container of God. I think we have too low of a, a self-esteem issue of understanding what it means to be a container of the word. The stone tablets, Aaron's staff that budded. And the manna from the wilderness were stored in the ark. This symbolizes all the precious things of Christ stored inside your bodies right now. And just allow that to be awakened inside your souls. This is what will deliver your souls from darkness and shadows of the evil one. It's the awakening to the ark. Amen. Did you know that the pink rose soul is an actual piece of the Father's soul himself, of his very heart, his very own soul, not just hewn from a throne, hewn from a rock. You know, the Nefesh soul is hewn from the earth. The Ruah soul, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, is a down payment, a portion of the Holy Spirit. It's meant to reflect Him. So everything you have from Him, it's not our own, it's from God. We don't own anything, we don't have our own money, we don't have our own clothes. 
We don't have our own shoes. We don't have our own houses. Certainly not our own houses. We don't have our own anything. Everything we have was created by God or provided for by God. And it's from Him. So by definition, it's His. Even those things that maybe you served demons and demons gave you. Where did they steal it from? They stole it from God. It's his. So even if you have unrighteous mammon, you can sanctify it by consecrating it to the temple through tithes, offerings, and the sacrifice of your soul and the circumcision of the foreskin and the membrane of Malkut. And you continue on an upward in your journey. But when you have the holy neshama, when you have a new soul, in the world of Berea, we've already learned in the master class on righteousness that that neshama is actually hewn from the throne of God. What a precious material. What a gift. Where in any Nordstrom in the world, not even at Herod's, can you find a neshama on sale anywhere? It's not possible. You could search high and low. You could have the fastest jet plane in the world. You could even be like Elon Musk and send up shuttles into space and you can't get a neshama. This thing is so rare. But we're welcoming the return of the neshama. As you go up in cosmic righteousness, it is going to be the bar mitzvah or the bat mitzvah of your cosmic Jewish life as a Christian believer. When you receive that, everything changes. The sacrifice is worth it. The toiling and laboring in the Torah and the scourging of the self-life is wonderful and fruitful and bearing repentance. And the fruit of the neshama is like the dew of the lights of heaven when he said let there be lights in the firmament that's the return of the neshama in the earth that there will be a people with a holy neshama soul that serve the throne of god it's only possible to truly serve the throne of god when you've received a soul that's made out of a piece of the throne of god that's called a living stone now you're a living stone as he breathes his life into you but it's life unto life unto eternal life in your ascension. Now the rose souls come from a piece of the Trinity each, the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ himself, so that's the white rose and the red rose, and then the pink rose, the seventh soul, to reflect that seventh Spirit of God, is a piece of the Father's soul, his heart. That's why it's pink. His heart is actually the color pink. I'm not the only one who's seen this. Some of the prophets have actually seen that pink crystal heart of the Father. It's beautiful. It's one of the prophetic words over my life. They say to war with the prophecies was that the, the Father had spoken over me, you are the epitome of my heart, right? The daddy's girl word that he'd spoken over me before I even had met a prophet. What does that mean? That's why my Chaya soul is pink. Because my destiny and what the Father speaks over me is the epitome of his heart. And when you look at Brandon's soul, his white rose soul, inside of that Chaya green, green gemstone palace, he has that twin lion of Judah emerald throne glory like the warmonger angel of the angel of Yadhevave, who was what? The one who would lead them in battle. So there's a conqueror nature of the lion of Judah in his soul. And Judah in battle goes first, right? So we're going first into the cosmos to prepare the way for the people of God to rise in righteousness. The cosmic battle is all light versus darkness. Just two things, light versus darkness. 
and we know the true light can only come from the Messiah. Therefore, understand this verse, Ephesians 5.9 in the Amplified, for the fruit, the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, but don't get involved with the fruitless works of darkness. Instead, expose them to the light of God. Therefore, it is written, we bring everything hidden in darkness into the light, everything whispered in secret to be shouted from the rooftops. What does it mean? Everything into the judgment of the eternal gospel. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit sent forth, he comes forth to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment, it is written. What is the judgment? The exposing of all the words that make up the existence of your spirit, soul, mind, body, house, lands, cities, nations, existences, all of your thought life, everything in your culture, your emotional life. That is what is brought into the light to be judged. So who are God's righteous people? The ones that go to the altar to judge themselves. If you don't allow the word to judge you today, it will judge you unfavorably tomorrow. <laughs> this is how judgment works. Judgment's the same for everyone. He's the righteous judge. That's his name in the Bible, Jesus Christ the Messiah. All judgment from the Father has been given to the Son. It is written. His judgments are favorable if you're willing to get rid of the fruitless works of darkness and not at your own discernment, and not at your own convenience. Most people in the last 20 years of full-time ministry, when the judgments come and you have one spouse that's completely yoked to demons and the world and greed, selfishness, and me, myself, and I syndromes, these are diseases and sicknesses of the mind that they don't want to pick up the cross and bring everything in their life to the altar of God to serve God completely, this person then begins to pull down the other spouse who is considering becoming a disciple. Guys, that's the number one destroyer of lives that I've witnessed in 20 years of ministry is unequally yoked relationships where one person wants to serve God and they and the other person doesn't and then they have a kid and it's like oh I guess I got to you know Right or like one is pretending to... <laughs> but serving demons secretly you Listen know? man it's not worth throwing your eternity away for a spouse or for any of that that doesn't mean to not take care of them that means to not allow them to have the position that it only belongs to Jesus Christ Okay there might be more of a suffering for that person who's unequally yoked, but you can continue to grow in Christ even if you're surrounded by wicked unbelievers. The Bible says the Messiah was constantly tormented in his righteous soul by being surrounded by sinners. So don't think you're alone in this. The righteous men of old, they had to hide in caves and, and holes in the ground. The world was not worthy of these men because they were surrounded by so much gross darkness and unbelief and wrongdoing. So you're not alone in it. That's normal righteousness when you go after the things of God is that everything around you is exposed to be not God and opposed to God, especially when you start to have a zeal for the kingdom that exposes their compromises. It exposes that they're truly wicked, despicable, evil servants. And a lot of them are good in their own minds. That doesn't mean you join the accuser of the brethren and accuse them in their darkness. That means that all the more we cling to the light and begin to do the fruitful works of the light. You need to make a decision. You're only held accountable for that temple, guys. That's right. And this is why you're going to love righteousness, right? Love righteousness is written in the book of Enoch This because this is what you can do about it to change the situation. In the church age, you can't change any of it. It's just constant suffering going around and around and everything's the same. You go up. Forget about your spouse going up. Pray for them. You go up. And what happens is either the light of righteousness forces that change upon their life because you raised a standard like Noah and now your household is flooded. They're either forced to change or they may be obliterated out of your life entirely. The light of righteousness brings a light of judgment, love and judgment. This is the only way to force a change in your world that you live in at work and at home. 
And in all your relationships, you ascend through circumcision. Don't worry about their sin. Because if you compare your sin to their sin, you look pretty good, right? You're learning righteousness. You compare your sin to Messiah's sin. He has none. You look pretty bad. So keep that comparison in mind. You can go up so many worlds and even just one world of sin. That's a world of sin. Hello? So we got to get it out of us. We got to reverse the curse in obedience to the Lord's command. He said, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. And how can we have the father's perfection unless we receive a part of his soul as a seed to plant that perfection? So this is the way. And I'll tell you, there is a demon that would go around to people of paranoia and distrust of your teachers of righteousness that will try to tell you that you need to do something else than what they're teaching you. Listen, unless you do what's taught by those who have already walked in it. It's not some other secret thing out there somewhere from a demon lying to you. There must be some secret thing. I just need to study the old tradition. of No, look, we had the same discipline. This is one way. And if you start listening to paranoid, lying demons, you'll never make it. So do you trust God who sent you instruction? You don't even have to go out and reinvent the wheel and re-pioneer the way. The way has already been pioneered. There's just a little bit more pioneering left to go. After that, it's already been taught. What are you doing? You got to believe it. You got to walk in it. It's not going to be some other little secret thing that you need to go out on your own and find. Whatever. Don't listen to demons. You got to do it your own way. Have it my way. Do it your own way. Somehow differently than the apostles. No, it's one way. Get with the program, Buckwheat. You grow up in the straight and narrow path. This is it. So... If that's the reaction, that means there's some lying demon and some witchcraft and word curse spells of black and white magic and red sorcery working in your brain and in your heart. And sometimes, especially in the world of Asaya, in your spirit, yes, in your Ruah, there's a corruption and it corrupts your DNA. So get it out of your Ruah through the whole world of Asaya and get with the program of righteousness, you can do it. Just don't listen to or believe the demons who will come to lie to you because they're trying to get you off track, delay you, and cause all kinds of problems. So it will command them to come off of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Bam. Yes, it's very narrow, which means only Jesus and none of you. I've found that all sin is simply in the selfishness of the human soul. It's in the IMs of Satan of Isaiah 14, which is all sin, wrongdoing, deception, and the curse of the fall is in the IMs. And it's not just of Satan that's out there. It's self-nature in here. It's in self-consciousness. Self-awareness is Satan. Okay? It's not like, oh, the devil, 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 horns and pitchforks. No, it's simply selfishness is the presence of hell and the devil. Now, the cross is the salvation. One thing you lack crucifixion in that area where there's still self and self-justification. The reason why people go to religion is because it justifies self, which is delusion. It's delusion. Now, the justification that comes by faith is by faith in the works of the cross that Jesus is progressively taking over the self-nature so I'm not self-conscious but Christ-conscious, which means I live in the presence of His glory. The glory of speaking something differently through my soul today. My soul is not infused with me because I took it to the cross, which is our altar, and obliterated it. So now it's Christ speaking a better word than the, the word of self or the word of Abel, which was still self. So Christian religion, apart from the cross that most people still wrestle in their own members, is simply Abel's blood speaking in them, which is you know, being good or trying to be better. And it's not necessarily about another person's works that are imparted by grace and faith in those works that the Holy Spirit imparts through grace. And maintaining that means an obedience to that person that's not me that came in and his name is the great Holy Ghost. 
and he comes and he takes possession of these temples progressively. We received a down payment of the Holy Spirit, but notice we grow up in the Holy Spirit by obedience to the Holy Spirit. And the following and the obeying of the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment of all the law, it says in Galatians. Therefore, all of you need to focus on being the sons and daughters of the Holy Spirit. We like to jump right to the Father, but the Father is only present in the earth by the Holy Ghost. Therefore, how great is your relationship with the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Shekinah, the angel of glory. God, present by His Spirit, is what you need to be acquainted with, what you need to be reverent, uh, reverential and walking in the fear of that Lord. Not some other Lord, not some made-up Lord, not your traditional Lord. The Lord is the Spirit. It is written, 2 Corinthians 3.18, The Lord who is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when you have a reverential fear and awe of the Holy Ghost, you can please Him. And when you please the Spirit, there's always fruit. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 says. How do we grow in the fruitfulness? The fruit of light, the fruit of Shekinah. It's learning how to please the Holy Ghost. So a lot of you, just open your mouths and talk to the Holy Ghost. You know, my introduction to the Holy Spirit in Minnesota Teen Challenge in the year 2000 was when they gave me a book called Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. I read it out loud. A physical manifest glory cloud came in my dorm room. I'm 18 years old. You couldn't see the other side of the room 15 feet away because the cloud of glory was so thick when the Holy Spirit introduced himself to me. He's like, this is who I am. This is me. I am this Shekinah glory. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to train you. And he's still teaching and training me. But he will introduce himself to you. And as long as you're always a student of the Holy Ghost and constantly bearing his fruit, you'll always go from glory to glory. It's that spirit that leads us in triumphant procession always. He will never lead us astray. He'll only glorify Jesus. He'll lead us closer to Christ. He'll lead us to Jacob's ladder. He'll lead us to the secret stairway in the sky. He'll show you and convict you of the areas of your heart and in your mind and in your body and in your relationships and your marketplace and your money and your finances and all the areas of your life where you're off. He'll convict. And then he'll also bring the judgment, which means remove it. And if you let him remove it and bring the judgment through conviction every day, you'll go from glory to glory in no time. The Holy Ghost's purpose for your life is a hope in a future. It's always to shine forth with a great hope. The hope of glory is the hope that we will continuously obey the Holy Ghost and not any other spirit in the garden, any other voice, any other will. And those who do the will and the voice of the Holy Ghost are the sons of God, it is written. Who are the children of God? Those that are led by the Spirit of God only. And now the Spirit of God is leading us up into heavenly places, places that have been unknown in previous generations, the places of the sapphire stones. He will begin to illuminate the stone tablets. He will begin to illuminate the, the writings on the stars, the names of Jesus Christ, like it says in Psalms. Jesus Christ named the stars. The nature of that omittance of Shekinah glory in the heavenly realms. A new heavens where righteousness dwells. Well, how does it happen? A people close to the Holy Ghost that are learning the higher, more mature things of the Spirit of God in the mid-heavens, in the angelic spheres. And we will continue to be teachable and learn these things as we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Amen. You can walk through the door of the multiverse while yet in the body jesus is calling you come up here i want to show you something amen amen we bless you guys in the name of the lord jesus christ may the power of the holy ghost come upon your hearts and your minds and remove all the stony places remove all the magic spells and impart his word and his glory and let the angels surround you tonight and shift your atmosphere and give you a vision for the future of following the Holy Ghost into higher heavenly places. In Jesus' name, consider bringing a financial offering into this ministry as we're trying to buy two facilities down here in Florida for the broadcasting of righteousness, this RLM-TV, to be established of the, on the east coast of America. 
You can just look at your bank account and just like the donkey in Jerusalem say, the Lord has need of it. What do you want from me, Lord? I will be your marketplace revivalist. I will be the tree cutters of the cedars for the building of the temple of the heavenlies. Amen. And then be obedient and watch as God opens the storehouses of the heavens and pours you out an increase so much that your businesses will expand. New businesses, new opportunities, new doors, new windows from the holy angels in heaven helping you obey and build the kingdom of God in RLM TV. Be blessed as you give. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, gather around. For today we embark on a journey of purpose and passion. A journey that transcends generations and connects us all through the power of shared dreams. We stand at the crossroads of opportunity and destiny with the chance to weave a story that will resonate for years to come. In the heart of Florida, where the sun kisses the earth with its golden warmth, there lies a vision waiting to be realized, the dream of RLM TV, a beacon of inspiration, a lighthouse of creativity, yearning for a broadcasting facility to call home. Today, I am before you not merely as a speaker, but as a messenger of possibility, as we collectively turn the pages of destiny and script a tale of support and unity. Imagine a place where ideas dance on the airwaves, where voices echo with authenticity, and stories unfold like petals in a poetic bloom. RLM TV envisions such a space, a broadcasting facility that breathes life into narratives amplifies unheard voices, and unites communities through the eternal thread of righteousness. Now more than ever, we find ourselves in a moment where the power of media can shape perceptions, challenge norms, and spark change. As Joel's army, we carry the torch of experience, the wisdom etched in the lines of our journey. It is our time to contribute to a legacy that goes beyond us, to invest in a space that will be the canvas for the artists of tomorrow. Let us come together, not just as donors, but as architects of a shared dream. Each contribution, whether large or small, is a brick in the foundation of a facility that will stand as a testament to our collective commitment to Jesus Christ's holiness, scholarship, and humility. In the tapestry of life, we have the opportunity to weave a vibrant and rich thread, creating a masterpiece that generations to come will marvel at. Today, I urge you to be a part of this masterpiece. Let us pool our resources, not just for a broadcasting facility in Florida, but for a legacy that transcends the boundaries of time. As we open our hearts and pockets, let us remember that our investment is not just in bricks and mortar, but in the power of divine connection, in the ability of the eternal gospel to bridge gaps and build bridges that we may become the stairway from heaven to earth. Together, we can make RLM TV's dream a reality, and in doing so, we contribute to a cultural landscape that reflects the redemptive strength of our entire generation. Thank you for being the custodians of dreams, the stewards of change, and the architects of a future where RLM TV's broadcasting facility stands tall, a testament to the power of unity, creativity, and the unwavering spirit of righteousness in our generation. Amen.